Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Monday, January 2nd, 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. What a weekend. What a weekend. You can tell I'm still kind of hoarse from everything going on. Between college basketball and college football, Saturday delivered us one of the most exciting days of sports in a long time. No games to be played around the area tonight, but so much to recap from the last couple of days. I'll start with Saturday's action and work in order. At noon on Saturday, kicking off New Year's weekend, the number two team in the country, the Connecticut Huskies, visited the Cintas Center to play the 22nd ranked Xavier Musketeers. The atmosphere was electric, and Xavier came through for their home fans. Xavier beat UConn 83-73 behind a double-double of 16 points and 11 rebounds from Zach Fremantle and 16 points from Colby Jones. This was UConn's first loss of the season to fall to 14-1, and Xavier improved to 12-3. I thought that this was the best Cintas Center environment since that game against Villanova back in February of 2016 when Villanova was number one in the country and Xavier was number five. I'm not saying this was better than that environment, but it was certainly the best in my mind since that game. One of the biggest storylines from this game, though, was Jack Nungy, who was very sick but managed to play through it and give Xavier 15 points in 24 minutes. More importantly, his play in the post against UConn's bigs, Adama Sinogo and Donovan Klingon, put Xavier in a position to win the game. Sean Miller said afterwards that Nungy was asleep 30 minutes before the game, and because he didn't have a fever, he was cleared to play. This will definitely go down as a memorable performance for Xavier fans, seeing what Nunji battled through to be on the court on Saturday, much less give them that type of production. Yet again, Jerome Hunter made headlines with his play. He had 15 points and was a perfect 9-for-9 nine nine from the free throw line. After Jerome looked out of place last year, he has found a perfect role this season. He's tenacious on the glass, plays high-quality defense, and takes good shots. Miller had high praise for Hunter after the game, talking about how well Jerome has played in practice and how much he deserves the opportunity he's getting right now in the games. Speaking of defense, Xavier got the stops when they needed to in this game. It was tied at 71 with less than four minutes to go before Xavier went on a 12-2 run to end the game out of the final media timeout. The narrative for the last couple of weeks has been that if Xavier can at least be serviceable on the defensive end, then they can be a dangerous team, and Saturday was a good step in the right direction. I thought one other interesting thing Miller noted in the press conference was how much he feels like this team has grown so far this season already, and how he feels like they're more prepared to close out wins now as opposed to looking back against, say, Indiana or Duke, where they just couldn't get it done down the stretch. Xavier is now 4-0 in the Big East. That's the first time they've started 4-0 in Big East play. And they're tied with Providence at the top of the conference with that 4-0 mark. Xavier will rise in the rankings that will be released today around noon. How high is anyone's guess? But this was a statement win for Sean Miller and the Xavier program. They have a bye week this week without a midweek game before getting another chance at a statement on Saturday afternoon at Villanova, somewhere they have not won during their time in the Big East.
At Rump Arena, Kentucky put Louisville away in the second half, beating the Cardinals 86-63 on Saturday. The game was never really all that close. Kentucky was up by 15 at the half before Louisville pulled within 8 within the first 90 seconds of the second half. From there, though, Kentucky stretched out the lead, growing it to as many as 27 towards the end of the game. Oscar Shibway led the Wildcats with 24 points and 14 rebounds, and Jacob Toppin had a very nice afternoon himself, tying Shibway with those 24 points. Kentucky shot a blistering 60% from the field in this one and dominated on the glass, out-rebounding Louisville 33-20. The Cardinals only had five assists in this game on 22 made shots, so not exactly a team effort. This was a nice bounce-back win for Kentucky after that blowout loss to Missouri earlier this week. But again, I don't know how much you can read into this win over a miserable Louisville team. Kentucky still has one non-conference game remaining, the big one against Kansas at Rupp on Saturday, January 28th. Louisville, on the other hand, will now completely turn its attention towards ACC play. They have two wins on the season, and I'm not sure they get to five. There's a stretch at the end of January through early February where they play Boston College, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, and Florida State all in a row. Maybe one or two wins in that span? That could be asking a lot. Dayton traveled to Davidson, and the Flyers picked up a 69-55 road win over the Wildcats on Saturday. Stop me if you've heard this before, but Deron Holmes was the difference maker for UD. He had a career-high 32 points and 10 rebounds in an absurd effort. Dayton outscored Davidson 44-33 in the first half, but went cold to begin the second half. This was a tight one until the final 10 minutes, with Dayton taking the lead with just under 11 minutes to go and never giving it back. Dayton out-rebounded Davidson 38-23. The Flyers have now won five in a row in seven of their last eight games. Their Ken Palm ranking had dropped to 77 on December 10th, but it's back up to 54. There isn't a lot of hope for an at-large bid, but this is a team that can absolutely win the A-10 tournament and go dancing in March. In the final area game on Saturday, Northern Kentucky won their road matchup over IUPUI, beating the Jaguars 55-42 in a low-scoring contest. Marquez Warwick led NKU with 15 points, and Sam Vinson added 12. This was a grinder of a game against the second-worst team in all of college basketball, but a win is a win for the Norse, who have now won four of their last five and seven of nine. On Sunday, Cincinnati suffered a 70-61 loss in Philadelphia to AAC foe Temple, snapping UC's four-game winning streak. Cincinnati had an early lead but never led again after the 6:06 mark in the first half. This was Cincinnati's second true road game of the season, with NKU being the first, and both of them have not gone well. The Bearcats got punked on the glass with Temple grabbing 46 rebounds to UC's 28. Victor Locken had three fouls before the half. UC made a run in the second half to cut the lead to two, but Temple stretched it back out as UC failed to make shots. Cincinnati shot 38% overall from the field in this game and was 8 of 15 from the free throw line. Landers Nolly finished with 15 after a very slow start, and David DeJulius had 13 after a rough first half as well. Temple's bench also outscored Cincinnati 20-2. Cincinnati is back in action on Thursday with a trip to Wichita State. 
Let's get you caught up on what happened around the country over the weekend. Saturday, number six, Texas clung to a 70-69 win over Oklahoma. Marquette beat Villanova 68-66 at the Pavilion. Number three, Houston squeaked by UCF 71-65. Number four, Kansas survived against Oklahoma State 69-67. Iowa State routed number 12, Baylor 77-62. Number 22, New Mexico stayed undefeated with a 76-75 win over Wyoming. And unranked Kansas State beat number 24, West Virginia, 82-76 in overtime. To put into perspective how good the Big 12 is this year, I know I just read off a lot of Big 12 results, Kansas State is the lowest ranked team in the conference on Ken Palm, and they are 45th. The lowest ranked team in the Big 12 is 45th. Then on Sunday, Michigan absolutely destroyed Maryland, winning 81-46. Butler beat Georgetown 80-51 in an ugly one at Capital One Arena. Fans were booing as the Hoyas lost yet again. They have not won a Big East game since March of 2021 and haven't won a power conference game in well over a year either. Ohio State beat Northwestern 73-57, and number 11 UCLA continued their impressive run this year with a 74-49 win over Washington to win their 10th game in a row. Tonight, it's time for Big Monday. West Virginia visits Oklahoma State at 7 on ESPNU. Also, Rutgers is at number 1 Purdue at 7 on the Big Ten Network. One last thing before I sign off. As many of you probably know, sports betting launched in Ohio on Sunday. We here at Chatterbox have partnered with Betfred Sports, and I'm really looking forward to some of the content we'll be creating. That being said, I'm going to try to incorporate Paul's pick of the day as the last segment of the show. I won't be able to do it every day because the lines for the games might not be available yet, depending on when I record. A lot of nights, though, I'm recording well past midnight, and by then, the lines will usually be out. I'll be drawing my lines from the Betfred app and tracking my record throughout the season. Just one pick per day. I was sitting here trying to think, how can we incorporate things, not try to be too overwhelming with the gambling content? I know not everybody's into the betting and the gambling, but try to give a little flavor to it and mix the best of both worlds, and I think this fits the bill. Paul's first pick of the day is Rutgers plus eight against Purdue. I think eight is a lot of points when Rutgers is the third best defensive team in the country, and this one could end up being a low-scoring rock fight. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Have a great Monday, who day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.